You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. A ton of games we'll continue to look back on and we'll look forward. Some key topics uh, on the docket. Uh, Chris Landry will give out his game balls. And uh, also we'll talk about the race for the worst team in the SEC. It seems to be a three uh, horse team, the development of Bo Nix, so a lot to get to, and we begin right now. Brought to you in part by Vivid Seats, an online ticket uh, marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last a lifetime. Whether you're talking about a sporting event or a concert, we've all got those special moments in our lives. Well, Vivid Seats can certainly present that to you, and with your reward status ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn from 10 to 16% credit. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, and you'll enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Rewards. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. So, Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. Let's go with game balls. Uh, who earned the top honors from the weekend? Well, it was uh, to me. It uh, it started with Joe Burrow. I thought he was uh, outstanding and had a great week uh, at Vanderbilt uh, at, at the quarterback position. Uh, he really stood out uh, to me. Um, as we kind of get into, I'm trying to check my notes to make sure I don't forget anybody here. Um, I thought that Jake Fromm did a nice job as well in critical moments. The running back position, I tell you what, it's been a quite a year for Kylan Hill. Uh, he gets another one. He forced three missed tackles uh, uh, in, in that game to help Mississippi State beat Kentucky. I thought DeAndre Swift was good as well. Najee Harris did a nice job. I thought Keyshawn Vaughn did some things in a lopsided game against, um, against Vanderbilt. Um, receiver. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase, I thought was outstanding for LSU. Jamon Osborne of AM did a really good job. Henry Ruggs at Alabama. Kalijah Linscombe did a good job at uh, Vanderbilt. Lawrence Cager at Georgia. Jerry Judy, another Alabama guy, did a good job. Tight end, uh, you know what? Daniel Parker at Missouri. Not Albert O, uh, uh, but Daniel Parker had a really good game, as did Kyle Pitts of Florida. He had four receptions, 62 yards. Uh, and a score on um, it really did a nice job on the offensive line. I thought Alex Leatherwood of Alabama and Andrew Thomas of Georgia were really good, um, as well as Jedrick Wills of Alabama and uh, Austin Deckless of LSU really were good. Lloyd Cushenberry of LSU was outstanding uh, at center, as um, was uh, Tristan Colin Castillo from Missouri at guard. Uh, Adrian McGee was simply outstanding. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, I think it's probably, no, it's been on the highlights. I'm sure it's been on YouTube. He just mauled people. I, if he, I'm surprised he wasn't arrested for the way he played in, in that game against Vanderbilt. Evan Neal was outstanding as well. Um, Dorian Parker of Mississippi State. Uh, defensively, I got to tell you, Jonathan Grenard of, of Florida, the um, Louisville transfer, He's just simply been outstanding. Um, he's really 
create a lot of hurries and batted passes. Been really, really good on the edge for Florida. Chauncey Rivers of Mississippi State, Marlon Davidson of Auburn did a really good job against Texas A&M. Had two of his three tackles, had uh, were behind the line of scrimmage, really done a good job. 45 pass rushing snaps. He was really, really good. Got about three or four hurries. Thought Aaron, Sterl- Aaron Sterling did a good job in a losing effort for South Carolina, as did Javon Kinlaw. Uh, Derek Brown continues to be just dominant at Auburn. Uh, Roquan Davis is starting to play better uh, and better for Alabama. And uh, Tyler Shelvin of LSU did a good job uh, at linebacker. Um, I graded out T.J. Brunson of South Carolina and K.J. Britt of Auburn very high. Lakia Henry was good. Nick Bolton of Missouri was good. I thought that corner, um, uh, Javaris Davis of Auburn, uh, Divide Wilson of Georgia, Cameron Dandler of Mississippi State's really having a good year. And the freshman, Derek Stingley, uh, did a good job for LSU. So it's safety. Uh, J.R. Reed is very, very underrated. Uh, a lot has talked about, you know, the safeties in this league, but J.R. Reed was outstanding, made the the pivotal play interception on Ian Book where he came completely across the field, but he was outstanding um, all throughout the game, as would Cameron Curl uh, in the losing effort at Arkansas, believe it or not, as bad as they played, he played pretty well. Theo Jackson of Tennessee, the Vols uh, did a good job again. A good effort in a, um, for him in a, what was a bad performance. And Jacoby Stevens of LSU, I thought, was outstanding. You mentioned a couple of wide receivers there as you give out the game balls. I think we would all agree that the beginning of the season, preseason, thought Alabama had uh, once in a generational type of group of uh, receivers. So I assume they're still grading out the highest. But I'm curious now that you've seen almost a month worth of football, who, who's in the pecking order at two, three, four, and so on? I think LSU has been two. I think it's really no one has been. I think there's a few teams that have gotten inconsistent play. I will say this, that Georgia's receiver problem that people worried about is not the problem that people thought. Um, they, they're, they're playing pretty well. But to say who's clearly three, no one's really earned that at this point. I would say that uh, – that it's been, um, you know, uh, LSU's probably made the biggest leap forward in addition to Georgia. I think Florida's pretty solid as well. Got some big-time playmakers. All all trailing Alabama, who's playing about as good as anybody in the country right now. I don't want to put you on the spot, but when's the last time you've seen a group of receivers as, as good as this Alabama group? I think it may be. Some of those receivers at Florida in the 90s, but I'm, I'm sure you'd have a better grasp than me. I mean, is there any group that you look back and say, yeah, they, they stack right up there? Well, in the conference, um, you know, here here's the thing. I have seen guys that I've seen a trio of receivers that are really, really good and would compare where I don't see is to have four guys. I can't really remember four being as good as I've seen this group. I really haven't. Um, it's just a really, really special group. Uh, I I'd have to go, uh, probably outside the conference and I'm not quite sure that I can come up with one that's, uh, that's any better than the four that I've seen here. It's just been, and they, they all look very similar. They all catch very, work very well. they all have speed and quickness. Um, none of them have great size, but none of them are small. 
I mean, it's it's really it's kind of like they're all interchangeable that they can do things uh, so very well in a very versatile way. Yeah, seems to be working. Uh, he's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You're locked on SEC football podcast coming up. Uh, we'll talk about a key Alabama commitment and uh, Auburn's Bo Nix. Uh, how much has he impressed uh, Chris Landry? More after this. You're locked on SEC football podcast. You are locked on SEC football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your Locked On SEC football podcast, and we don't get a chance to talk a lot of recruiting this time of year with Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker, but we're going to do so because I'm curious about Bryce Young, a big-time commitment that Alabama was able to steal away from Southern California quarterback and i've heard nothing in in recruiting circles but fantastic things about him you've seen him what do you think well he's a really dynamic playmaker he's not real big i mean he's uh, he's a dual threat guy six feet 176 pounds he's from modern day third santa and a big time program obviously he had a great visit an official visit uh, to alabama this weekend um he really fell in love with kind of the whole uh strength and conditioning program and how they do things. He likes the offense. He sees it as a really good fit. He kind of likes, you know, what they've done with Tua. And kind of, so he was, he was really sold on it. I, I think the, and listen, USC's, they're playing pretty well. I mean, Clay's, to, they're playing pretty hard for Clay Helton. I'll say that, but it's the up and down and maybe the uncertainty at USC maybe contributed to his decision. Um, I don't have any reason to question that, 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 you know, anything other than the recruitment's over, but you never know in this situation, but he was really swept away. They did a great job with him on his official visit. And that's interesting to mention, you know, I've always thought it's very difficult to have official visits on game week or game weekends. It's just, you don't have the time to spend with them. Uh, so it really, You've got to spend a lot of time with the support staff, which Alabama has a lot, but you you don't spend as much time with the head coach. Uh, I know he spent, because I know how Saban does it, if they have an official visit, he'll visit with them on on Sunday at, um, excuse me, on Friday at like about 6 o'clock, you know, before dinner, right at dinner. And so, um, you know, but that's always a challenge, Dave. You know, when when do you want to get these guys? You want them to come in for unofficial visits so they can see the game experience the atmosphere but you really don't at least in my opinion i've never wanted to spend a lot of official visits because you don't get to spend as much time with them because you got to prepare for a game yeah makes a lot of sense now i this is media talk so uh feel free to uh if you want to negate this or contradict this or disagree with this but i've heard part of the cell uh with uh, getting him to flip his commitment from Southern California to Alabama was, hey, uh, we think you're more talented than the other three guys uh, on the roster right now, which includes Mac Jones and Talia Tungavaola, and you could be a starter next year. Does that sound like something that Saban would say? Because I heard it from somebody I trust, but it just doesn't sound like uh, the sort of promise he'd make. Well, I can tell you there's no promise made about he's going to start. What I think is said, I think it's pretty fair and honest, and I think accurate. He can compete with 
the guys that are there. I don't think there's any doubt about that he can compete with it, but there's it is really tough to earn that job as a true freshman. And now he's going to graduate in December, so he can enroll then. And he does he have a chance to win it? Absolutely. But you know, if he's not the best guy, I mean, I it's just not not Saban to say, yeah, look, you come here. We promise you to start. I, I don't know anybody that would do that, quite frankly. I just I think that there's obviously a clear open opportunity to maybe compete. And I do think they like the guys that they have. I don't think I don't think Tua's brother is quite what Tua is. We'll we'll see on that. So I do think there's an opportunity there. There's no question. And I would say this after seeing him play, uh I have every reason for him to say to hear him say, look, we've we think you've got the ability to come in, compete, and win this job. That's different than, you know, come in and we promise you you got the job. That that just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen anywhere, much less Alabama. Yeah, I may have misspoke there. I don't think it was a promise, but I think it was clearly basically what you said. To paraphrase, you've got an opportunity to beat these guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I, and that could be very, very interesting. Uh, let's turn to Auburn. By the by the way, let me throw it in. Let me throw this in there that if he goes in, he doesn't win it. You know, there's always that transfer opportunity, which which (laughs) which is going to be which is going to be one or two of those guys that are going to end up leaving anyway. Um, More on that is there. there, There's some interesting developments that are happening uh, out of Houston that I think um, I think that is really affecting some of the things um, in terms of the transfer portal. But but I digress. We'll get to that a little later. Yeah, I mean, for all we know, he could be LSU or Auburn's next starting quarterback. That's, I don't think I don't think Auburn though, with uh, Bo Nix. Give me a couple things you really like about Bo, and a couple things still being a young kid that he needs to work on. Well, the thing I like about him is the fact that he just the moment's not too big for him. He's just tremendously poised. Season, he doesn't have all the answers when he's there out on the field necessarily, but he's just kind of he's just built for this. You know, there's just some guys that are just built for it. And as he learns more and more and he gets more and more engaged in that process, he's, you know, he's just getting better and better. I think the thing that, that I'm looking to see is, can he take this next step in conjunction with this offensive line being better, more improved? Um, That running game is going to have to be better. And, and, and if it's not, then they're, they're not going to take that next step because I think that they can make some plays um, off this, you know, with the success of the run game. I think they can go vertical and, you know, they're they're athletic enough to do so. It'll be interesting to see how this offense develops as we talked about, you know, Florida, LSU, some games in which you're probably going to have to score some points. Um, I, I think they feel very confident that this guy's going to be really, really good. And I think a little bit uh, each day getting better and better. Some pretty key injuries in the SEC. We'll get to those. And then I'll ask Chris about who's most likely to be able to topple Alabama this year. Stay tuned. You're locked on SEC football podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You are locked on SEC football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com. If you don't check out that website, you're crazy. You're going to learn more about football than you ever imagined 
possible. Now, I want to ask you this because this came up on my radio show today. Rank the following three teams in the likelihood that they will beat Alabama this year. LSU, Georgia, Auburn. Uh, Georgia, um, LSU, Auburn. Any debate in your mind, or is it pretty clear-cut? No, 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 no no debate. Um, I'm trying to think, help me, they play Auburn where? They, they do, do they play, they play in Auburn. Um, that, 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 you know, I, I still would stick with that. Um, you know, you could, I mean, you could debate Auburn LSU, you know, but I, I think Georgia is the team that's played them the best. You know, there's a lot of excitement about LSU and certainly LSU can score points. And I do believe they can score points on Alabama, but you know, at this stage with the pace, I think Alabama is a little bit better at being able to slow down the tempo. And I think Alabama is going to be able to score a bunch of points on LSU. So it may be a completely different looking type of game, but I, I don't, uh, and I would certainly say that LSU's chances of beating Alabama are better than they have been in the past, but I don't think they're, they're great. I mean, I think they're, you know, I think there's a chance, but I think it's a, you know, I think it's a better chance that Alabama will win and we'll see how things develop, you know, between now and then that's going to have a lot to say about it. And same thing with, with the, with all three of these teams, because Alabama will not play that first team that they'll play is LSU in November. So uh, I think Georgia's best equipped. I think Georgia has played well in order to beat Alabama. You got to compete with Alabama. And I know that Al- at Auburn beat Alabama a couple of years ago, but the reality is there's there's only one team that's really consistently gone toe-to-toe with Alabama and played with them, and that's Georgia. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to beat them, and it doesn't mean that Landry's saying that Georgia's going to beat them. And I- I'm just saying, in answer of your question, that's how I would rank them. And I think that Georgia has the style that could do it uh, and is most likely to do it, but – that's saying it right here in in late September, and these games are going to look a little different. It's a great question. I'd love to be able to revisit it. Um, let's just say at the end of October, a month from now, because we're going to have a little bit more uh, understanding with more film, at least for me, to be able to say, you know what, I kind of see it a little bit differently than I do now. Yep, we will do that. Some key injuries in the SEC as you would expect now that we get a month into the season. Can you give us a breakdown of guys that you think will be missed? Well, listen, uh, Keaton Thompson remains out. Uh, it looks like um, LSU is still dealing with a couple of injuries on the offensive line, although Adrian McGee I think is going to be the swing guy for him. Um, it looks like uh, DJ Dale is going to be expected back at practice. We'll see how that goes the young outstanding defense tackle Alabama's now lost like four or five guys on the defensive line. And and again, that's another reason to kind of point out that as those guys get healthy return, or in some cases, some won't, and they have more injuries, it could cause a bigger problem for Alabama. So those matchups may be a bigger issue. Looks like Matt Corral's day to day for Ole Miss as well. So, 
Uh, we'll give an update as the oh, and uh, Will Reichert uh, has got a hip flexor um, with Alabama, so we'll we'll kind of keep everybody up to date on how things play out the rest of the week as uh, these matchups. Some uh, got a few interesting matchups this weekend uh, that uh, are, are going to uh, be intriguing and certainly affected by some of these uh, injury possibilities. Yep, and we will break them all down. You're locked on SEC football podcast. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow.